0: Welcome to Making It Happen, A Career in the Performing Arts, where we discuss how to break into the performing arts industry for yourself or your child, teen or young adult. Guests include artists, creatives, casting directors, musical directors, choreographers, agents and managers, as well as parents of professional actor, singers and dancers, all who are passionate and share my vision of helping talented individuals land professional representation and have successful careers in the arts. My name is Lisa Solak, and I am the CEO and founder of Making It Happen, A Career in the Performing having helped hundreds of clients break into the business on stage and films, television, commercial work, and more. This podcast is supplemental to my groundbreaking online courses, Professional Kids and Teens 101, a Primer for Parents, and Professional Biz 201 for young adults, college students, and graduates. For more information, check out all the ways that you can benefit from my courses, programs, free weekly newsletter, and free guides. Go to lbctalent.com or lbctalent.thinkific.com. My guest today is Meg Paul. Hi, Meg, how are you? Hi, Lisa. I'm so glad that you could come on to the podcast today. I'm thrilled to talk to you. I can't wait for our listeners to hear your story. Um, I really think it's going to be very helpful to many of them um, of all ages. You've been in the industry for many, many years, and your career has kind of you know, been in all different aspects of the industry, which is very exciting. And I love the fact that you also are in that educational piece, too, and not just the performance side of it. So that's going to be fun to kind of get your take on students and what and how maybe they should be in the room. Like those types of things will be cool to talk about. But let's start at the beginning. I would love to know, and I'm sure the listeners would love to know, when did you know that you were a performer at heart, like, were you little, were you really young, Um, when did you realize it, you know, or did you realize it at a young age and did you have support from like parents and, and family?
1: Well, thank you so much for having me first off. And I love this platform and what you're doing with it. So it's, it's really valuable. I wish it had been there for us when, you I know, know <laughs> this is way back when obviously no computers, no cell phones, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's really great. Yeah. Uh, I'm really happy to share my story. I, you know, I started ballet uh, because my friend in Brownies uh, was taking ballet. So we went together. It was a thing that we did as friends and, she decided to quit like halfway through the year. And of course I was following along and wanted to quit. My mother was like, you know, you committed to the year. Let's fulfill that commitment, which was one of the first greatest lessons of like, you know, sort of sticking to your commitment, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's going to get rocky or sometimes things come up, right? But sticking to that commitment, at least for the year. And in that remaining part of the year, I fell in love. I fell in love with ballet. I fell in love with dance because I started to understand uh, just th- this the the feeling that I had when I accomplished something or the challenges were really interesting to me. And so that was, I was seven years old. I, I just fell in love with dance and I was fortunate enough to train in a studio that had us training in all forms of dance. I took African dance, tap, jazz, modern, and of course ballet. And um, I was at Southern Ballet Theater in Central Florida which is now Orlando Ballet. Okay. Uh, training at the School of Performing Arts and then um, was part of in sort of the pre-professional program of Southern Ballet Theater, where I met my great, one of my greatest mentors, uh, Russell Solzbach, who used to be with the Joffrey Ballet. And he was down guest teaching and he was uh, teaching me how to turn in class and I was really getting it. And he pulled me aside and he said, listen, I think you need to get to New. You need to be seen in New York. I'm calling Edith D'Addario at the Joffrey Ballet School, and I'm recommending that you go there for the summer. Mm -hmm. So he really saw something in me, and it was that like you were saying Mm -hmm. that that uh, sort of cosmic moment of coming, you know, coming upon somebody and them recognizing it and um, giving me that that real first big break. So he calls up Edith D'Addario, sight unseen. I get full scholarship to the Joffrey School in New York City, and you know my 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 mother and I, we weren't of great means. So we, you know, we had garage sales and I cleaned toilets and bathrooms for my tuition, <laughs> you know, and, I love that. I love that. Yeah, oh you, know, like, <laughs> on the you know, so the value yeah. of what, of what, uh, I was getting was, was very instilled in me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My mother and I went to New York when I was 14 and I trained at the school for that whole summer. And, um, the, uh, Joffrey Two, which was the second company of the Joffrey Ballet, um, Sally Bliss and Maria Grande, they saw me and they wanted me to stay then. And well, I was a bit too young. So I went back to Florida and I competed in the International Dance Competition of the Americas and won that competition. And they wanted me to go wow. to Jackson and do all these things. Wow. Yet Joffrey was calling me. So I went back the next summer and I was uh handpicked by Mr. Joffrey himself to come to his very sort of specialized summer intensive in San Antonio. Nice. And uh when I was there, you know, they they actually at the time um you know I was I was going through shifts in my own body and puberty yeah. and all of that. Yeah. And and you know, they they weren't as positive, even though I, you know, was put in all, you know, learning all the lead roles you know, at, they were not as positive because, you know, there was this whole body type thing. So that's a reality. And that's something that, you know, I, I'd love to talk about as well as we get along. This mm-hmm. yes. is devastated, devastated, devastated. Um, and, but Edith Daddario, my angel at, at the Joffrey Valley School, she ran that school for forever. She said, nope, you're going to come you're going to train with us. You're going to train with Meredith Bayless, who was teaching at the school and Francesca Corkle. And you're going to come and you're going to train here. And we're going to, we're going to work on all the things that they wanted me to work on. So my mother, sort of against all odds, you know, letting your 15 year old daughter move. Oh to my life, gosh. By, by herself was, was, uh, and you know, again, we didn't have all of the technology that we know.
0: Okay? It was okay. scary. And the city was scary back then. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so- but I had Edith to
1: Dario and, you know, there were a lot of, of, of dancers sort of in the same boat, maybe not as young, but that were coming to train okay. at, at the school. And so I, you know, my mother, she let me go. And, you know, again, we did all the fundraising that we could. And I moved in with um, another dancer in the school. I got a job at Balducci's was like right, uh, you know, next to the Joffrey Ballet School where we all worked. And um, I started training and then very quickly, just a few months in, was invited to be a part of the uh, Joffrey Ballet Concert Group, which was directed by Jim Snyder, the artistic director. And this was the school's sort of um, touring pre-professional company. Gotcha. And so it was sort of a way into the Joffrey too. Mm-hmm. So I started traveling and touring three months at a time. You know, we get in a van and we'd tour- How all old were you?
0: How and- old were you at that I time? 15.
1: I was 15. Jeez and then turning 16 so you know I really just started my career that way and you know we danced six you know works in an evening and we we danced every piece you know so it was like just the most incredible way to get that stage experience and that yeah
0: cut your teeth yeah yeah absolutely
1: and then you know the the directors changed at the Joffrey too Uh, Richard England and Jeremy Blanton became the artistic directors and they saw me perform, and they were, they immediately took me into the Joffrey too. And wow. uh, so I was there for maybe a year and a half. And um, Mr. Joffrey, you know, the jo- Joffrey was known to give uh, emerging choreographers um, mm-hmm. their great Twyla yes. being one of them. Yes, uh, Goose Coop. He invited this young choreographer named Mark Heim to create a piece on the Joffrey II. And he did. It was called The Gardens of Boboli. And he made me the featured role in that. And Mr. Joffrey saw that and took the ballet into the company and took me into the company at the same time. So, you know, just okay. it, like those, those people and those, you know, sometimes you get those no those no's, but it doesn't mean never. Other people believe in you. And yeah, it was, it was a very special time because I learned so deeply about what dance was for me and what I I needed to do in order to achieve my goals. It was that determination and sort of that belief in oneself and um, of course with the support of others. Uh, so I knew very young that, I, that dance was, I, I had to do it. it. It was like I had to, there was no other avenue, yeah. nothing else that I wanted. And so I, I was lucky enough to have um, those people in my life that created a path for me. To, yeah, to- I,
0: I have a, cu- a couple of questions on that. So. When you were so young, you were just age seven and you ended up in the hands of very capable people. So you were very lucky to be in a space where you had professionals who had been in the industry, who understood, who had the connections. So you know, not everyone has that space. So it is so important, I think, for parents to seek out, like in your case, it was kind of like, I'm going with my friend, this is just gonna be fun and you got lucky, right? But if the affinity is there, you know, do you agree, or I don't know, what is your take on, you know, where a parent takes their child? If they find that they have this wonderful ability, talent, you know, affinity, love, passion at a super young age, and they're not in the right place, you know, is it a time to maybe look toward a school or a program that has people who have been in the industry? I find that that's the case. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I I, I completely agree. I have two things to say about that. Um, with my own children i i i tried to expose them to as much as i could to see cuz they they didn't know and i think that that's uh the first and there there are many ways that one can find that there are community programs there are i mean look at misty copeland you know she was totally. at the was in girls club and found her passion so mm-hmm. um so there are there are avenues and and just again exposure just a lot you know as much as you can to let let the kids try as many things as as they want and sometimes they will have you know a short term sort of like love for something and then they're ready to move on and that's True. where with my mother you know she gave me sort of that option okay let's fulfill this and then we'll see mm-hmm. uh, but I have also you know in, in my time here in Detroit when uh, which is part of the later part of this story but. Um, you know, ha- teaching at so many different academies and leading summer intensives and, and guest teaching around the world. I always have that open door policy. If parents do want to speak with me about these types of things, I have always never, ever turned that down because of how I was guided and my mother was guided. We were lucky. So I always try to pay it forward in that way. Have There have been instances where there have been students that have so much of that talent and they really want to go in this direction it's like okay then that means you might have to move and leave and and go to a a school that is really focused in on 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 your goals and they have done that and and found great success so um, sometimes it's necessary to seek out other environments you know with platforms like this and and hopefully people paying it forward professionals that have gone through it are are creating that open door yes absolutely yeah
0: yes absolutely i totally agree with you and i think that's great that you are you know willing to talk to parents when you're doing all of these other programs because i think sometimes there's this separation parents feel like they can't come up to people and ask a question and it's so important that they do especially if they know that their child has the affinity and they want to kind of lift them and give them opportunity there has to be that because i know from being involved with the convention world or those types of programs, it's difficult because there's sometimes hundreds of kids that are being taught. So as a parent, you feel like, well, it's not my place to ask. I need to sit back, but sometimes you need to kind of, you know, put on your big girl pants and, and go yeah. and try to talk to someone, right? right? Um, yeah, it's hard to ask, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So, so now you're 15 and mm-hmm. you're going on tour. Well, 14 moving to the city or going to the city, um you obviously had a parent who was extremely supportive i don't know that every parent especially in the, at that time frame in that time frame that a parent would have been comfortable enough so they must have been very very you know confident in your ability to be your own person and to make your own decisions and to know right from wrong all of those types of things right so um what do you think were your attributes other than maybe those i just mentioned that helped you survive that? Because you're talking about culture within, right? Parents consider that. They're thinking they send their kids off to college and they have an RA that kind of keeps track of everybody or is supposed to, you know what I mean? And here you are in this setting, like how much of the time were you left alone? How did, you know, what attributes do you feel you had as a young person? Not everyone's read yet 14 or 15. True, very true. And I think that that, I was so disciplined from,
1: I mean, my mother would always say like, (laughs) she never had to like really do much of anything. Like I, I just had that personality, you know, I was very, very disciplined, very focused. And I think also because I had to work for, for my, you know, I had to like, I was like cleaning the bathrooms and I was doing things that, that really helped me understand the value. And so I never been afraid of hard work and even, you know, and I was alone alone all the time. I mean, I, I went to New York alone. So I had my, obviously my structure within the, you know, the classes I was taking at the Joffrey school. And then I was working at Balducci's. So I was pretty busy. So again, too, you know, really making sure there's not too much free time. Mm -hmm. I I was always incredibly dedicated, focused, disciplined. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just really knew what I wanted and, and I was very, um, aware of sort of my actions and in, in terms of like if I want this to happen I gotta make it happen you know it's not gonna happen it's not going to just be given to me mm-hmm. so um there was just a really healthy awareness of that and I and I made a lot happen for myself obviously with the help of others but you have to have a, a lot of that self-discipline and um focus I was yeah
0: so yeah focused. absolutely yeah and I think there's there's a A lot to be said for even grit. You know what yeah. I mean? To be able to be in that space and be resilient and be, you know, focused enough um, to deal with the daily and the, um, the, you know, the criticism and the push and all those things, you have to kind of feed off of that and love that. And, you know, you can't be that kid who, you know, oh, she looked at me crooked. I'm going to walk out of the room and cry. You know, there's that piece of it too, that I think is so important that they must have seen in an earl- at an early age. And obviously your mentors from an early age were so you know, they were all people in the industry. So they tend to, you know, understand. And I think there's a different style of teaching sometimes in those spaces that people don't realize that is uplifting and loving. And and even if they're being tough and they're disciplining you to, you know, to want and they need and, and they want you, but you also want to be that technically correct and work that hard. You know, they instill it in a positive way, I think. Um I mean, there were I also had many teachers that were not very positive though. Okay, okay. So
1: I'll be very honest. I mean, you know, it was sort of in that sort of old school sort of approach that hopefully we are dismantling every day. Um, because I didn't always run across the most positive okay,
0: interesting okay so the resilient
1: part i think is a really uh important aspect i definitely very resilient and but also just respect for the people in the room i mean i was brought up that way that you know there's a True. respect and an understanding that um those that have come before us those that have done it you know there's there's something to learn in every situation
0: mm-hmm. even though
1: it might not be the you know there might be moments where it's it's not it's not positive or you're hearing things that you don't want to hear, but, yeah. you know, I always had, I, that was definitely instilled in me too, that respect. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. My- yeah. That's so important. Yeah. same. Yeah. That's interesting. So, okay. So now you're still a minor yes. and you're out on tour. Yes. So was there someone that was responsible for you in those, in that touring space? Was there a Wrangler? Was there a, you know, someone? I don't know. Today, they would call it a wrangler on Broadway, taking care of the kids and making sure they're in the right place at the right time. Or were you on your own?
1: I was on my own with the with the company. I mean, our artistic director was, a, you know, he was driving the van. And but, you know, that that was kind of it. I mean, you know, so again, I, okay. I have. A pretty, I was already pretty grown up. And now, of course, you know, when I run my summer programs, every minor has a chaperone. I mean, you know, I, I look back at some of it. And I'm like, well, they, you know, <laughs> it was a different
0: place and <laughs> time.
1: It, was, it definitely was. So I've learned from that, too, as I create my programs and the things that mm-hmm. I as a parent and would, you know, and, and as a director of of anything, you know, ensuring that there is that um, overseeing.
0: Sure. Do you want to talk a little bit about the educational programs that you're involved in specifically and yours specifically at this point is kind of a good segue?
1: Sure. So, yeah. So then, you know, I got into Joffrey too, then was brought into the main company and was there, danced with the main company for about eight years. And then I got really severely injured. At the time I was um, engaged to my now husband. Um, we we're living on a boat in new york city you know of course through my years in new york city i lived in like i don't know 35 6 different places you know have you the- have yeah. you yeah
0: because
1: so you're you know living on a boat oh yes we lived on a boat on the 79th street boat basin uh-huh i love that we had our kids and raised our kids until we came to detroit um and my husband and i we, uh, he uh started his own representation agency called world arts and so together we created it's that good. company and um, you know, I was injured. We decided, okay, it's, I didn't think I would dance again. We're gonna have our kids. We're gonna really focus in on our business. And this is where we met Dwight Roden and Desmond Richardson okay,
0: and, okay.
1: Uh, and representing Complexions Contemporary Ballet along with no. Duato's company and Le, uh, Le Ballet uh, de Monte Carlo, Le Ballet African the joffrey washington i mean we represented companies from all around as i
0: saw that that's that's amazing that had to be so exciting and such a wonderful time though to be involved with all of those amazing world-renowned companies
1: amazing bringing people oh yes producing and then of course booking their tours and you know and then and getting to know dwight and desmond and um you know, I was then teaching at the Joffrey school. I was, you know, back enough, well enough to do that. And Edith Dario had asked me to come on as faculty. So that's where I started my, my teaching career was at the Joffrey school, right where I okay. started, you know, so that was okay. really, really quite beautiful. Um, and then Dwight and Desmond were like, Hey, you know, come on in the room, come hang out with us, come dance with us. Cause I was, uh, you know, recovered. And, and so well... I, I get in the room with them and, you know, it was just like the the most intense experience. So so incredible dancing with people like Jody Gates and Valerie McDonia and all these people that I had danced in the Joffrey with. Right uh, now, with complexions and, of course, uh, you know the genius of Dwight and Desmond and getting to know mm-hmm. them. So, so we were working with them, you know, through World Arts, and then I started working with them, you know, professionally as a dancer, and we were on a tour. Um, in Colorado, and we had come, we had just come back to the city. We were rehearsing at City Center, and Elizabeth Parkinson comes down to say hello, and she says hi to me, and she, hi to Dwight and Desmond because she had also danced with Complexions here and there. And she was upstairs rehearsing with Twyla Tharp, and she's like, "Hey, we just got back from tour. We're getting ready to start this workshop, and Ashley Tuttle, who was also in the company, had just broken her foot, and she said, you know, Twyla, we really need somebody like.'" ASAP, do you want to come audition? You should come audition. So I go upstairs and I audition for Twilight Arp and she ends up giving me the job to sort of like fill in for Ashley while they workshop, which would then become moving out. And so I had been on tour just for (laughs) I had only been with Complexions for maybe a year. And you know, of course they understood, you know, they were like, oh my God, you gotta go. Can't turn down. And, um, and, you know, did the did the whole workshop. And, you know, once the the backers all decided, okay, we're going to take this to Broadway, mm-hmm. uh, Twyla invited me to, to come in as the dance captain. And then I, of course, eventually did both lead roles and was full yes. switch and had that whole time on Broadway. And then in, in between all of that, you know, uh, we had been bringing our, booking our companies at a, a theater here in Detroit called the Detroit Music Hall and also the Opera House. And, you know, we were here with one of our companies and- the then president of Music Hall said to Vince, my husband, Vince Paul, said, you know, I'm stepping down, you know, why don't you throw your hat in the ring? Because, you know, we're doing this big nationwide search. And he did, long story short, he got the job. Moving out had just closed. And we, you know, of course, we still had world arts, but this was like, just such a next step for him. So Mm -hmm. we are like, our kids, this is a famous story, because we're on our boat, right? And it's right there. And you're on, you know, you see the promenade, right? And and whatever. And, and I look out and there was a lot, there was kids lined up waiting to climb the tree. And and I was like, wow, that's such a New York City thing. Like they're waiting to climb a tree. Like, you know, because metaphor. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was like, you know, honey, maybe, maybe we should think about you taking that job because, you know, our children at the time were, you know eight and nine like okay they've had their city experience let's mm-hmm. listen so we moved to Detroit uh for this for this position that my husband took with music hall for me it was like I knew nobody right so I'm like oh my goodness I just had this career on Broadway and with right and Joffrey and I'm like okay what am I and you know Wayne State University uh Dr. Doug Reisner invited me to come stage a Twyla Tharp work at at, mm-hmm. at university and I did and then they invited me and long story short, uh, you know, ended up having, you know, full-time position and ended up directing the program at Wayne State University. But during that time, I I had said to Dwight and Desmond, I'd said, you know, it would be amazing if we brought the Complexions summer intensive experience here to Detroit, Wayne State is ready to like make it happen. So we started in 2012, and started the Detroit summer intensive which was the the next the, the only one that had gone outside of New York City at that time mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and it just became this this huge really successful experience and this is where i between my teaching at Wayne State and teaching in all of the academies and then you know running this summer intensive um really is where i my love for education and 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 having that space to really dig in and mentor Uh, students on of Mm -hmm. all ages whether Mm -hmm. it's you know 10 and 11 year olds all the way up to college age students Um, Mm -hmm. so that's just a quick uh run through there of all of that but um you know, that the educational component is so is so important because as we again as I was mentioning earlier about sort of dismantling a little bit of that, it the opportunity for me to really hone in on my own viewpoints and the paying it forward part, of course.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But
1: also just starting to see, you know, how important it is we see dancers and movement artists as the whole being and not just the physical aspects, the mental, the emotional, um. Yeah, so just very grateful about all of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how important do you think through this journey that you just described, how important do you think saying yes to things was to you where you ended up? And did you have moments where you thought, should I do that? Maybe I shouldn't? Maybe or were you just like yes woman all the way through the process? Do you know what I mean? Because there's this space that creatives which artists are whether they're the performer or on on the creative team of a project but it's tough sometimes when different things are being thrown at them and they're not sure what to say yes to and i find with a lot of my clients especially the young adults who have, they're either in college or they've graduated collegiate programs or they've been floating around New York trying to make it and haven't run into the right people, haven't found the right mentors. And some of them have this, of course you have to be careful and you want to be in projects that are safe and appropriate. That goes without saying, but some of them, I feel don't always say yes to some of the smaller projects that would come up like with their friends or with other artists, you know, to kind of fill in that space between jobs, things that actually can help them to continue to network, to kind of increase their ability, kind of throw a wider net. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, how important was that in your process? Obviously it sounds like, you know, you were at the top of the heap, you auditioned, they wanted to put you in the lead role. You had those opportunities because of your talent and ability. And many people are in that space, but others might not be the right type. They might have the right talent. So we have these other spaces that we could talk about type versus talent versus, you know what I mean? That piece of it, when you're trying to audition for something you really, really want, but then there's this other side of it, you know, to build the resume, to continue to network, to continue to do all those things. Was it a yes for you all the time? And how do you feel about that if you were to guide someone who is, let's say a young adult?
1: I just love that you said that because that is absolutely what I say especially to all my college students say yes I do you don't know like so many things that I've done I never there's no training for that there's no certificate there's no you know like I'm just like I'll figure it out so I think that there's a there's a real worry of failure too like failure is it's like you know what just say yes and and Take get the experience because that's the other thing of the value system we were talking about earlier. Like really valuing it might not look like oh the end result's gonna be like this big thing. Get say yes. If it comes to you, say yes. Do it
0: and mm-hmm. stick
1: to it. Don't pull out before it's done. You know, like really don't burn, don't burn the bridge. You Absolutely. Can't imagine how interconnected we all are. <laughs> um, another, a great example is, you know, when I was dance captain with moving out, I ran all the auditions for the, you know, three and a half years or whenever we were on Broadway. And, you know, with, with the, uh, the union, you sometimes you have to hold an audition and there aren't even any spots, right. Or there might be a spot before it's like got to fit into a costume or it's got to be a certain look or you never know many people. And I just love this. I would see people come again and again and again to audition and they would, not get apart they would not get a you know a job with moving out or whatever but they come back and so a lot of those people ended up getting apart eventually because mm-hmm. they kept saying yes to their desire and and they never stopped because you don't know what people are looking for sometimes in an audition mm-hmm. and when it's seemingly a rejection again you have to have a real sense of who you are and what your goals are because it's also very subjective, right? So every time you go and say yes and do something, you're gaining some valuable experience. How to audition, right? How to even manage like waiting in the line or being in the room or learning a combination fast or, you know, all of that adds up. So if you look at everything as an advantage, and this is what I, you know, I try to live by too, everything, if you can really trust that your world is kind of taking care of you, you know, like everything, just you might not know and you might not see it but if you can just kind of believe yes. that yes and take that viewpoint mm-hmm. is something i think really important as well too because it 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 is hard not to get you know you know a little sad or or despondent but keep you know keep working keep seeking out uh, especially the relationships you talked about because it's you know many of my students who went through the program at Wayne State, you know, they they went through four years together, they've been creating work together, they're in class together, and guess what? Those are the relationships that you're gonna make greater things with. So there's there's so much uh, interconnectedness that, that young people don't necessarily understand, I think, uh, right off the bat. But the saying yes, I said yes to everything. I really did, sometimes too many times. But I had, you know, I like to be really, really busy and have lots of things going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I have been asked to do things that I most people would say I was not qualified to do. (laughs) But guess what?
0: Yeah, but you know what? That's so true. It's almost, it's almost like you have to, and I hate to use the cliche term, fake it till you make it. But there's places where you're given the opportunity sometimes because they like your personality. They like the way that you handle yourself and they feel that you're going to be right for the project. And if you're sitting back going, Oh, I don't know this person's more talented than me whatever. And you say, no, that's crazy. <laughs> like you might as well move yeah. into it and move yeah. hard, you know, totally. the other side of it. I think the other side of it too you mentioned you know being busy right and I think you really do have to have the capability to juggle a lot
1: the work ethic I mean plain and simple what is I mean when we when we talk about transferable skills right when you think about and I talk to parents a lot about this because you know not everybody who's in that dance class is going to have a professional career in dance or wants one yes. but what they're learning that focus discipline um self-control work ethic is like those are the valuable skills I think above and beyond anything so if you Absolutely. have those skills you can like kind of go anywhere I mean yes mm-hmm. there's things obviously you need to you know be specialized in and yeah and get degrees for but but in essence you know that those work ethic and I'm one of those people like if I say I'm gonna do something I I do it in degree, because that's me that's what that's the, that's why, that's mm-hmm. the way I, I like to live my life and I think mm-hmm. that's really important too as young people it's just like really starting to instead of like hearing it all from the outside of how they're supposed to be or how it's how it's all supposed to work out let's go inward right yes, how yes. who do you want to be in all this you are the architect of your life it's yes. your, you know, and all these decisions and choices that you make every day. My other favorite saying is how you do anything is how you do everything. So I talk a lot about this. It's like even how you, you know, make your bed and how you, yes, you know, yes. It's like it's like everything is, it all yes. adds up yeah. to how you want your life to be. It mm-hmm. doesn't, not, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just disassociate those things. It's yes. all like part of the fabric of who you are.
0: Yeah. How you're wired, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, I love to hear because you took over the lead role in moving out. So when you had your Broadway debut, what was that like? You know, you you were in there and were you, you were first hired to be the dance captain and were you in the ensemble at that time? And then they moved you into the lead role or did you just give, give us some details about that only because I think people really in general, especially parents who are looking at this, maybe their kids are on the road to Broadway and they're starting to do some summer stock or they got a national tour and they're trying to kind of figure it out. And the whole idea of understudying or being put into that space and the time that is not available sometimes for rehearsal, like talk about your experience and what you went through in that whole, you know, from getting involved with moving out to doing the lead role.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, back to when I did the workshop is mm-hmm. I stepped in for, for one of the lead roles. Yeah. So I did that lead role, the Judy role for the, throughout the workshop, actually recovered and, you know, she went back into her, into her part. Okay. I came in as dance captain, um, and full swing. So part of those responsibilities were, uh, obviously, I'm, you know, helping maintain the the female part you know tracks of the show. I'm teaching those parts to people that are coming in. And whenever there's a need, I would go in and perform those roles, moving out because it was so it was so challenging and so hard for the the main roles, the people in, you know, the the leading six leading roles, and for the yes. ensemble. eight shows was almost virtually impossible you know so there were three casts of the lead roles in terms of the brenda and tony roles and john Celia's role as well the eddie role
0: interesting i didn't know that so these were these were equally they were hired equally as as the lead to to rotate or were they you no, had the two were, leads, and then they were under—they were like standbys or understudying the leads. Well, they,
1: it, it was different for some of them. Some of them had different agreements in their contracts. Okay. Um, some came in as ensemble, but knew that they were probably going to end up doing the lead mm-hmm. role. But as mm-hmm. time moved on, it was very apparent that you know we had to start rotating because it was just physically impossible mm-hmm. for uh, to do eight shows a week because um, mm-hmm. it was just so grueling. And, um, so it was wonderful because it gave so many people opportunity. And, yes. but for me, um, you know, so I would be rotated in on the Judy track here and there, but when, when it came to getting to do the Brenda role, it was just under like an injury situation and an illness situation. So I, myself and Rhonda Jesus learned that part, like the night before, and we went on and did it performed <laughs> the role. What? So yeah, very little rehearsal. Yes. <laughs> yes it was one of those emergency situations so here's another yes you know saying yes because it was just something that needed to happen in that moment and we said yes so it's not an ideal way but you know i've certainly been watching the role and knew it in terms of enough of it but yeah that was we went on you know that next day in the matinee but i you know in my career in the joffrey it was very similar i just I loved to watch everything. Like I was always in the wings watching mm-hmm. the ballet that I wasn't even in. Yeah. So, I, and I could learn quickly. And so, and I just fearless, like, yeah, put me on, sure. You know, yeah. why not? It was <laughs> that again, I was just a bit wired that way. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had the confidence obviously in yourself as a performer and not everyone has that. Hence the reason some people get hired and some people don't. You know, you have to have that you have to be smart, you know, on top of all of this, right? Okay. So, um, moving out, let's keep going chronologically sure. moving, moving out is ends closes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what was next on, on the resume? What was, co- what was your next move? Were you in Detroit yet? At no, that point? No, no, you were New still, York. you were still in New York. Okay.
1: In New York. Um, you know, we had, our, like I said, our representation Agency.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: moving out closed. And uh, this is when we were traveling back and forth with our companies, and we came to Detroit with Les Ballets Africains. And that's when my husband was, you know, they pursued my husband to, you know, throw his hat in the ring for the yes. job, at the music hall center for the performing arts.
0: Okay. So
1: it really became then it was like we, we, this was a huge move for us because I had been in New York for 22 years. My husband had been in New York for... 20 years. And, and, you know, we were city people and our children too. And it was living on a boat in Manhattan was a very unique experience. We had our office space on 57th street where world arts was, we had, you know, mm-hmm. five employees and it was all just an incredible, it was incredibly stressful, Yes, you know? yes. You know, but it was, it, but we had done kind of everything that we wanted to do, you know, so it was mm-hmm. really the timing because we could have kept going I mean for me moving out was so unique and special I wasn't seeking out another Broadway show or any of that mm-hmm.
0: yeah it definitely yeah yeah, yeah. it was definitely yeah. almost like looking at your whole resume and everything you've done It's definitely was kind of like oh let me go over here and do this that was cool okay let yes. me get back on track in what I love and what I've done and what I was made to do it's just really cool that you did that
1: yeah it, absolutely it was one of the greatest experiences of of my life yeah so for it yeah um so when he got the job and we moved here, I was just like, but then i I was also asked to be the director of dance at the music hall as well, so one of the first things I did when we moved here, I just wanted to get to know the community, and so I went, I just got in my car and I would drive, and I would visit studios, I'd introduce myself, I'd teach master classes um nice. and there was this amazing woman uh you know, she's still with us. Uh, Eunice Moore, who was heading at the time, the Detroit Public School System had an incredible um, dance program, and it, it it doesn't exist anymore. But it was a flourishing dance program. So I was going and visiting all the uh, schools, and I put together. Um, a benefit for dance directed a benefit for dance and curated called stars of valley and broadway mm-hmm. and so i brought out the moving out i love band. that Julie joel's moving out band uh donna oh, you did came. you brought the band out yes i brought the band yeah. i donna mckechnie came because she's from here from yeah. michigan um and uh ted levy and marshall davis jr who were with uh black and blue I brought out um, Wendy Whalen and I'll, you know, start. So we started, Ballet, started amazing. Broadway and and created a, a program leading up to it called the Future Stars of Ballet and Broadway. And I opened it up to the community and really wanted to create a space that brought everyone together because everyone is so like, they're all in their silos, right? Of course. So true, so
0: true.
1: And I wanted uh, to bring everyone to the music hall, give them this training. How cool no is that? Cost. And so we, so we did, we had, it was called Camp Broadway, which was a, a program that the music hall had been bringing in. And then I and I asked Rhonda Jesus to come and choreograph an original work for the, the Future Stars of Ballet. So we had our Future Stars of Broadway, Future Stars of Very Ballet. Very
0: cool.
1: And <laughs> So I, I curated and directed that for three years, mm-hmm. and um, I also performed. Uh, Twyla gave us permission to perform uh, the last duet in "Moving Out," and I oh no way from the Joffrey Ballet, and so those were like sort of my last performing years. Okay, okay, but um, but again, creating that space, that educational and pre professional um, experience mm-hmm. and opportunity um, for as many that I could. And then from there um that's when Wayne State came into my life and offered me a, a position. So and then I and they started asking me to choreograph and that was wonderful as well. I choreographed and brought the you know our college dance department to the nationals at ACDA and and all that kind of stuff brought Dwight in to, to stage Hissy Fits, which is one of the signature works of Complexions yes. and lots of different guest artists. And then I curated another show and directed called um, 313 Choreography Expo. So it was similar in the sense of like creating a platform for emerging choreographers, highlighting how Detroit has influenced other cities and how other cities have influenced. So I would bring in. Interesting. And- companies, local companies, dance companies, and then uh, professional dance companies from other cities, and then gave opportunity for emerging choreographers to create work and to have it performed. So, you know, always looking at it in in that sort of context of like, how can I use my
0: energy, time, expertise in... Yeah, you know, yeah. It sounds like, yeah, your connections Yeah, to try to kind of bring the professional side into this community and give these, it's that same mission, you know what I mean? Like to try to give new talent, children, adults, you know, people that really have the ability and talent and passion and give them the connections and give them the, just open the doors, open the doors and and get rid of the gatekeepers (laughs) and let people see and understand.
1: The the venue, the stage. That's crazy. you know, which are all like I when, I when I was at Wayne State, I would say the, the three most valuable things that you have right now that you're not going to have when you leave. <laughs> you have time, you have space, and you have dancers. You know, these are the things like when you leave these doors, you're going to have to figure out how to create yes, that. Yes, you're expensive <laughs> and
0: yes, you know, time
1: and, time and all that. So, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: yeah. So the musical and, and my husband and I's a uh, vision and intention of of really um, utilizing the stage and the space and the, the infrastructure, uh, to be able to provide that Mm -hmm. for the, you know, aspiring dancers, choreographers, these emerging companies that really need that support. Yeah.
0: um, Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's really an amazing story. I just can't get over your whole, just the whole arc of your life and everything. You know what I think is great too, as you're talking and and explaining all this, I think it's wonderful that you did this for a year and a half. Then you did that for three years. Then you did this for, you know, that's kind of, that says a lot about who you were when you were younger, even. Do you know what I mean? That you're like, no, I'm going to look at this next opportunity. What can I do here? How can I help? How can I kind of get to that next place and do something important? That not everybody does, because a lot of people just try to sit in a comfortable space. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really exciting. I think it's really great, too, that you and your husband actually have worked together all this time to, Um, to, you know, to like lift and, and do all these things. I had no idea. My mistake. I should have done more research. But do you know what I'm saying? I had no idea that that was part of the space that you were in, which is really cool. So... What are you doing now? Like what's what's going on? Like what where where what basket are you in now? <laughs> you know like what's well, happening? You know-
1: I was with Wayne's Day for 13 years. Um, So I was I was there as a full time professor. And then they they did ask me to direct the dance program, which I did for five years. And, and all along, you know, I would try to find some time here and there to run out with complexions. And as their rehearsal director, obviously, I was still doing all of the um, summer intensives. And Dwight and Des had asked me to be the director of their academy, which is a traveling academy in essence. And so I I had been already obviously very involved in the Detroit so about three years ago I started to help out in that way and really expand um, the academy we've grown it by about 30 percent which is really exciting and then um little over a year ago I was like you know it's time my our kids are you know they're grown they're out of the house um I you know my experiences at Wayne State were tremendous and wonderful and it was I was like this I, it's time, it's time for the next, what's the next thing? And I, Dwight and Desmond were just like, okay, would you come and be our associate artistic director? And I was just like, so, I mean, I still- Were you like blown away that that So, happened? so blown away, like I never expected, I, I was just excited to come back as a rehearsal director um, mm-hmm. But then, they, you know, they they invited me in to because, you know, we've known them, we've known each other for 25 years and all the different iterations as a dancer, as a rehearsal director. Academy, all of it. And um, so it just felt like a really great fit to um, mm-hmm. complement each other so well. Mm-hmm. So I just celebrated my first full year as associate artistic. That's
0: amazing. Companies. That's just crazy. So do you go back and forth to the city to do mm-hmm. that? That's what you do? Yes. You go back and forth? Okay. Okay. Yes. So
1: I've been quite a bit. I call myself a new troiter. I made up that name. Like, okay. New-troid. I love that. New York Detroiter, New Traitor.
0: <laughs> okay. I love that. Yeah, that's so great. Oh my gosh. So, so let's talk about that job just to give some people, you know, parents, people who don't understand, because I also deal with a lot of clients who, um, their parent, they're young adults, their parents are trying to figure this out. They don't understand the process and how you get there. And obviously this is opening up their eyes. Um, mm-hmm but also what's involved if their kids wanted to become an artistic director for someone or become a rehearsal director. Maybe talk about what that is in the concert dance world.
1: Yeah, in the concert dance world, well, first, you know, gaining that experience as, as, a, as a dancer mm-hmm. um, is absolutely, you know, it's not, I would say for the most part, you would need that experience. That's essential, and, yeah. For sure. Um, but also administratively, because there, it really does cross both both sides artistically and administratively. Okay. So my responsibility is like I'm in charge of the whole schedule. I work very closely, obviously, with Dwight and Desmond and our um, executive director, Mwadi Dabinga, and our fabulous um, booking agent, Margaret Selby, in her office. So together, we're just really piecing it all together. Uh, we have our season at the Joyce. So I, I helped Dwight and Desmond, um, you know, with the guest artists that we're bringing in. I do all of the sort of the work and scheduling and making sure all those details are happening. Um, I'm in the space with the dancers quite often. I'm teaching them company class. I'm in rehearsal with them, you know, six hours a day coaching and, you know, making sure that new people are learning their parts and getting us performance ready. Um, I'm uh, also, you know, working with the company manager and our associate company manager, our director of production. You know, so I'm I'm sort of overseeing the team, yeah. and um, just helping coordinate all of those aspects. I'm on tour with the company, so I'm also, you know, like teaching company class, and then out in the front, making sure all the technical elements with our lighting uh, supervisor and our stage manager, all of that is happening. So, you know taking all the notes, the meticulous notes, and just making sure everything is, is ready to go. Um, you know, I'm, st- I'm directing the academy, so I'm working with our academy manager and, you know, with all of the audition processes, getting all the auditions for the company put together. This I mean, it's- This is a huge,
0: yeah. undertaking. huge undertaking. You're literally, yeah. And I Undertaker feel like also. your left brain and your right brain is functioning all the time. It seems yeah. like, like you have to have that analytical side that is capable of keeping all the ducks in a row as well, right? Because yes. it's not just the artistry of it. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. That's yeah, impressive. There's a
1: lot of admin work that I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also just, you know, as we continue to grow and expand, you know, creating um, partnerships, we are partnering up with ABT JKO, um, and we're partnering with Howard University. They're coming in with our pre-pros uh, for our Joyce season. They'll be performing with nice. And you know, all of the relationships that we hope to, you know, continue to collaborate with. So there's a lot of building of the future as we are also maintaining oh and you know, fulfilling yes. all yes. the past <laughs> year in the present moment. We yes. just had our um our leadership discussion today about our 30th anniversary so that you know already in planning for that so wow
0: and is that coming coming up this coming year or when is that
1: we're in our 20 we're starting our 29th season
0: okay uh,
1: Monday and so yeah but we're already in the planning stages for our 30th anniversary so yeah there is I mean I it's it feels really wonderful to have sort of it's like the perfect feels like the perfect job after, you know, with all the experiences
0: sort
1: of like pull from all of it. And yeah,
0: I'm so happy for you that you're in this space. This is just an amazing story. Oh my gosh. So if someone wanted to, you know, come see and support the company, can you talk about how they can do that? If you have, you know, if there's any kind of, um, uh, ways that they can do that whether that's through donations or to come see the company like talk a little bit about that
1: yeah i mean complexions is a new york city-based company dwight and desmond um, created this company 29 years ago and it is singular in style you know if when you come and see complexions you know it's complexion yes you know and Dwight and Desmond have created uh, our own technique called Neek. this is what we are training all of our students within the academy and what is now being brought into the ABT JKO school and uh so we're really expanding that but they're an American company they are they are the quintessential like everything that you think about in terms of like when you talk about grit you talk about perseverance you talk about bravery and courage and like creating something that that has just never been Mm -hmm. singular in that way uh inclusivity all of this is they've always it's always been who they are and what Mm -hmm. this company stands for um so we're we're super proud um i'm i'm so honored to be a part of it um and yeah i mean it's a new york city based company that um you know like any dance company like just the support as even as small as one might think it means so much to us because we're just constantly trying to you know provide more for our dancers who are our everything our our company artists yeah. are are truly everything they're just unbelievable and so any little bit helps. I mean, we have our new works fund. So we have a, um, you know, for our new works that are coming to the stage at the Joyce. So donating for that, it would be incredible. Donating to the academy so we can continue to give scholarships to students. We give a tremendous amount of scholarship uh, to students from around the world. Mm-hmm. So you can go to our, you know, our website, complexionsdance.org or um, complexionsacademy.com. Okay. Um, those are wonderful places and oh my gosh, it would be, it would mean so much to us any little bit, you know, we would, we would so appreciate it and it's, and it's needed, you know, especially after the pandemic, you know, the arts oh, really, really took uh, a hit. Are still trying to recover. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so um how many this just came into my head while <laughs> while you were talking. How many company members are there? Do you have a specific number? I know some companies do. Um some of the of the you know the world renowned companies they have a specific number that they stick to and others do not. So how many people how many artists dancers are on the company in a regular season, let's say.
1: In the regular season, it's between sixteen and eighteen, okay. and then we have between two and four apprentices.
0: Okay. Um,
1: so yeah, and we we our company is like a company of soloists. I mean, there is no sense of like
0: mm-hmm. hierarchy,
1: and and everybody's featured, and they they're just I mean, they blow my mind even to this day. Like every day that I'm in rehearsal with them, I'm still like just just kind of blown away yeah it's truly incredible there what what they are able to do and how they do it the the, the humanity and the heart and soul uh you know we just came from Jacob's Pillow was our first
0: mm-hmm. time I saw
1: that Loud Houses and which was was wonderful to be there um Dwight and Desmond are creating works that are so timely as well that not only are incredibly entertaining but are also really important in terms of what's happening in the world and then the way that they, you know, create it's it's always an invitation for us to sort of just think about it. You know, it's always an invitation of like there's always a better way there's always a brighter side. And that's what I love as well too because you know we, we we don't shy away from some of the meatier subjects and, and that's what art is a platform. For that right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i'm really proud of of the work uh, that everybody is doing you know the company you know we just continue to you know grow the company and you know we tour a tremendous amount and that's another interesting you know i grew up touring as well with the joffrey ballet and that's about two for young artists that are that are listening because touring is a whole it's a whole nother set of skills is because you are going to you know a different stage, a different hotel, a different city. You have travel, you have to deal with how do I travel and then perform the next day and you know all yes. of those additional challenges that go mm-hmm. along.
0: Absolutely. It. So
1: um yeah it's definitely something that is is a unique experience. Um and our company members, those that have not toured, you know, it's great that I can and 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 the senior members can help them along. The, the advice that I would give To start off with, I I love that we touch on saying yes, but there is that sense of humility that one must have in terms of not being a full cup, right? You can't be a full cup. You got to empty out and you have to be able to receive. Now, it doesn't mean you have to take it all and believe it all, but if you're seeking advice and someone's giving advice to you, just try it on for a minute. Mm -hmm. Also too, I have had a lot of students wanting to go to New York and it's that pre-planning. Because sometimes if we're not pre-planning and saving that money, get your Acorns app or whatever, do the things like really have a solid, like big picture goal. And if that's your goal to be on Broadway or to be in a ballet company or a dance company, concert dance or commercial world, you want to move to LA, you want, there are, there are organizations that you can seek out, but really understanding that what you are going to do to plan for your success Yes, you can look at a movie and they go to New York and they get found, but that's most of the time not going to happen. Like, are you going to New York? Do you have enough money? I always say to my students, have enough money saved for a year of classes, because what ends up happening is go to New York. You've got to get three jobs and now you're not taking class and now you're not in training. Go to an audition and you're not in the best physical shape or readiness to nail that audition because you're working the jobs. So that pre-planning is so important. And, you know, I came from a family of like very little money um, and I know it can be really challenging if there are financial constraints. That's why that pre-planning, you know, we did everything like we could figure out to do, garage sales and, and, you know, what have you. But um, so finding, finding people that can help support that planning is really important. Um diversifying like you were talking about earlier, diversifying your training. I mean, for sometimes with dance you have to really be a little bit more like there is a period of time like like some are studio hopping because they might not get yes. what they want right away. Yes. So, it's a balance. You have to to balance that if you're feeling like you're getting the good training and you're improving and you're really putting that work in, but if it's like you're not really getting what you want right away and and jumping to different studios that's going to be an issue I think mm-hmm. and just really understanding the work that goes into it you know as a dancer or dance artist or anything in that physicality uh, you know you're kind of preparing and then you're in it and then you're preparing for the next day, so there is sacrifice, there is sacrifice for for that goal. And really understanding what that is and the willingness to, to make those sacrifices, to know like how to take care of your body and maybe not doing the things (laughs) that you want to be doing all the time, but you know, you should be doing, um, you know, getting that training doing, um, and there's so much on, you know, YouTube and like, there's the cross training. You can like take a Pilates online or Or there's videos, you know, there's so many resources. That's why I say to my students, are you utilizing your resources? Every resource, there's so many resources out there. Doing the research, that's another big piece of advice. If you're going to auditions, research everything that you can. Look at the style of the company that you're, like with Complexions, we have our training programs. And many people that are ready to to have a professional career that want to be in the company, they come to our summer intensives because they know they're probably going to take class with Dwight, Desmond, or myself. They're going to be training in the style of complexions, which is very unique and not something most people come in able to do right off the bat. They're putting themselves in the room with the people they want to work with. So that's another thing, get yourself in the room with the people that you want to work with, however you can. Sometimes you just have to be bold and send an email. May I come and take company class? Oftentimes they'll say, yeah. That's another really great way to be seen. Um, Obviously connections, you know, there's probably somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, you Mm -hmm. know, take that initiative and ask. Maybe it's a no, but oftentimes it's a yes because so many artists want to give back. They want to pay it Mm -hmm. forward, But but nothing can replace the work. That one has to do
0: it's that's so true
1: weird. you know so you gotta Here's get the... it. i always say opt in opt in just yes. get into like yes. get into the work and make it mm-hmm. fun and mm-hmm. enjoy it because yes process, you just
0: hit the nail on the head yeah you gotta do the work
1: i do the work and you gotta
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: there's no skipping the process of it so really valuing that process i think is also important
0: mm-hmm. yes this has been wonderful
1: Thank you so much for having me. Great to meet you and all that you're doing.
0: Thank you. Thank you. That, so. Yes. And thank you for sharing your story, your journey. All this advice has been amazing. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited that you are willing to to meet with me today. So thank awesome. you. If you'd like to follow Meg to keep up with all that she's doing, follow her on Instagram at MegPaul_dance, underscore dance and join me every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Need more info? Visit lbctalent.com and follow me on socials at lisasolak underscore lbctalent. By sharing our stories, we can help other talented individuals land the career of their dreams.